Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week. My name is Cammy Bell. I'm your host as always on Extra. And I'm joined this week by my very special friend, Mr. Simon Halloran. Simon, thank you very much for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me on, Cammy. Always great to be here. Cheers. Simon, do you know if you wanted to buy an absolute mint condition souvenir coin, you should go to Zenith Coins. It's just a marvellous website and it helps us out a lot in Heart and Hand. If you ever get a chance, you should jump on there, get yourself a gift a gift for a loved one, etc. It would uh, really go down well, I think. It would do. Uh, yeah, I've seen, I've obviously, David's got a couple of them uh, as well. He gave a couple away. Was it last week or the week before? Uh, so, yeah, it's always a nice wee memento we have. So, I would uh, get up to try and get on the website and, and see what's available. Shameless plug over. Let's get on to the real stuff, Simon, and that's obviously uh, looking back at Tuesday night's 2-2 draw with uh, PSV in our Champions League qualifier first high. And we have a, a trip up to the scenic Dingwall um, coming up to us on Saturday afternoon as well. Um, Simon, you and I did the post-match show um, on yep. our Patreon site on Tuesday night. Um, going into the game, um, I think that there was a fair amount of uh, trepidation, some apprehension, some excitement. I think it was a bit of a kind of carousel of emotions. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people had looked at PSV's last uh, qualifier um, prior to ourselves, which was obviously against Tom Gratz, where they absolutely massacred them. A PSV team with a lot of money in it, it has to be said. They've done business, uh, which I think is, is you know, it's uh, they've, they've lost some talent, but I think they've definitely recruited some talent and coming in there. How are you feeling as you're getting into Ibrox on Tuesday night about what you were expecting to see? Going in prior, we've obviously seen the, the lineup getting announced and we felt mm, maybe not the right choice on the night. Um, that, that was the initial feeling of it. It was maybe five or six of us had met up before the match and that's what we're all saying together. So, yeah, it was a wee bit of trepidation. Um, 
I suppose maybe a wee bit of fear as well after we'd watched the the especially the first leg that PSV had played against Sturm Graz, but as we'll see, which we'll discuss, it didn't really pan out that way. Um, so the trepidation was quite unfounded in the most part. Yeah, I felt coming out the game. So yeah, it was. Um, but definitely get in. I was I was a wee bit iffy about it to be truth be told. And I think if you look at the first half, you know, within its entirety. Simon, I think it's fair to say that Rangers started brightly. I thought we um, were unlucky with a couple of really strong chances uh, to be able to try and put us ahead. Then I think PSV started to settle down a little bit. They then came in to, uh, to, to kind of continue to press us. There was some decent attacking football from them. And then just right at the tail end of the, the first half, Abdallah Sima, who I think has split opinion since not only coming into Rangers, but whose performance was in that first half. Curls in an absolute worldy just before half time, takes us into the break at one 0 up. I, I'll be honest with you, I think you know I, I was it was pretty incredulous in terms of not that necessarily that I think we did deserve the the, the lead because I think early on in the half we did, but we were definitely under the cosh getting into it. We were, um, you could see the neat interchanges of play that, that PSV uh, have got about them, um, the wingers as well that they, they like to put it down there our right-hand side constantly, egging up against Tav, who, I don't know if it was the tactics or what, he was constantly caught out, um, especially in that first half, and it, it was, it was quite, like you could see them targeting Tav every time, um, that ball in behind, or that ball, he was coming quite narrow, I felt, Tavernier especially, first half, and it was, it was it was suckering uh, as in every time, time and time again, they were getting down the wings, so, that's the one thing we'll need to watch over there, um, as, as the wing play, um, I'd imagine we'll, we'll probably have a similar lineup next week, but yeah, it was it was it was quite watching them back. I watched the game back yesterday morning, some of it as well, and you could definitely see. That, I mean, Tavernier he looked spooked, but especially for that first half hour, Barisic, who obviously took the booking in the second half, I felt was a little bit iffy to start the game, but after the booking, he seemed to come into the game a lot more, and that was that was obviously with the changes we'll talk about them. That, that was more of a balance um, that came onto the side in that second half. So, yeah, PSV are a really good team. And, and as we know, the Sima, who it has blown hot and cold. Um, but I, I keep going back. He's only 22 years of age. He's only been on loan at, at Angers last season. He's obviously bright inside them for a big fee, fee from Slavia. He came through the ranks here pretty, pretty meteorically. Um, it was only, what, half a season? in their B team, he was signed from a French six-tier side, I think. Then he came into the, the Slavia B team. The senior was with good attributes already, still pretty raw, and then he came in a good six, seven months there. One of them, he's moved to Brighton, and then it, obviously it's been a couple of loans since then, but at 22 years of age, I'm seeing something there with him. It's just, it can get coached into him. Um, whether that'll be at Rangers in time, I'm not too sure, but there's definitely something there about Seema, and as we've seen towards the end of that, that uh, first half there, he was, he was a fantastic finish. Yeah, I mean, it was, and it's interesting because I think it's it's tough to describe him because at times you can see what he's trying to do, right, and you yeah. can see some of the ideas that are obviously generating his head. There was one great piece of link-up play, which uh, was a, 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 a nice directional header down by uh, Dessels. It, he's he's ran, Seamus ran onto it and almost made the angle more difficult. He did get the shot away and all that, so I understand what he's trying to do. I think there's elements of that where it just it can look a little bit 
uh, unorthodox is probably, is probably the nice way to say it. But again, I can see that there is, and you rightly say, there's something in there that you look to be able to try and, and, and get out of it. I mean, I don't know where or not his, his meteoric rise that you mentioned was maybe due to a purple patch and he's looking to be able yeah. to try and recover that. I understand that. I'll swing back to Tav for a second because I think it's, it's you know, I had Adam on uh, extra last week. Obviously, he is president of the James Tavernier fan club um, and he will defend him. Um, I think we we came to an agreement that, you know, there isn't any shame in the fact that he's potentially lost the yard of pace. He's not the same guy that we're talking about, you know, five, six years ago because, you know, age catches up with us. I mean, you're never going to maintain that and, and what he can do. There was a point, and I, and I do want to mention it because you talked about bookings there as well, where he, he stopped a counter-attack by, I don't know what the terminology is, people my age would probably call it a professional foul. But basically, foul. yeah, he hauls the player down as he's about to be able to try and burst through. A decent idea in it, but I don't... I got a bit of a kind of a bit of a, a blowback reaction when I mentioned about whether or not Tav needs rested because I was adamant, Simon. I wanted him benched for Morton, which obviously happened. So that's good. That's exactly what had to happen because I think now we need to manage him effectively. I don't think he needs to play in every single game like he's he's probably felt he's had to previously. I'm okay with him having lost the yard of pace because I still think he's capable of delivering quality. Yes. More often than not, I'm not saying it's 100% for anyone listening to this says, well, you know, his crossing's been poor and blah, blah. Um, I still maintain I want him all free kicks because I think we need to consider rotating that a little bit. But all that being said and done, I still think there is definitely a contribution that could come from James Tavernier. I just hope that the fans understand and give him that renewed focus. Yeah. Uh, for me, he's still, the, he's still the number one choice in that position. We've seen... Sterling come in, and it's unfair to judge him on on one ninety minutes against Morton. So there was a wee couple of bits of discontent for stands when a couple of crosses went away. But that's what you're going to get. It's a young boy making his first full debut for the club. So yeah, he's um, Tav still got the shot for me. But as you say, games. I mean, I would. I don't know if a class this weekend is one you could rest him because we know what's coming up the following weekend. We would really need to go in with with three points. Um. But yeah, there's there's definitely games upcoming, especially at home, where we can rest Tav um, just a wee bit more. His, his output's still good for me. Um, defensively, it's never been brilliant, but he's, he's not as bad as everybody makes out at the back. That That's the one thing I'll always say. Um, it, it is a bit evident now that it's, it's, it's coming to its... I wouldn't say coming to its end, but everything's starting to, to slow down a wee bit, coming to its natural conclusion in terms of the position he's playing. He's not going to be getting up and down as much. So that that's something that the manager would need to discuss. Obviously, he has a right back to trade. You hear people saying, oh, why can't he play right mid or whatever? But no, that that's just going to nullify him in a midfielder position. So he stays in the right back role for me for the majority of games. It's how he adapts to the, to the role going forward. Um, going gung-ho isn't going to be a thing for me much longer for Tav. Um so then you're, you're, there's an argument going about can he tighten up his defensive game and that's that's where it might start to fall down. I, I think I think for me, and this, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this because like you say, I think that it, it's, a, it's a conversation for another time. I think that there is a defence for people when they've said, well, you know, his defending's poor 
the immediate argument to that, you know, the the, the, the immediate counter argument to that was, well, but look what he gives us going forward. And if he's yeah. not doing that as much, all of a sudden defensively, it looks like a bigger problem. Whereas I don't actually think that's true. I agree with you. I think that there's always been gaps there. I think that, you know, we do need to play him against Ross County. We absolutely have to play him against Celtic. He's still our best right back at the club. Yeah. You know, Dijon Sterling could change my opinion on that. Adam Devine could change my opinion on that as time kind of goes on. But right now, it's James Tavernier. So I think, yeah, it's interesting. And staying on the captain, um, he was very unlucky, I thought, Simon, right at the beginning of the second yes. half against PSV. Um, I don't really know how to say this without it sounding a little bit rude, so please forgive my entendre, but uh, some ball juggling. Um, in the PSV uh, box led to, again, an opportunity which I think that he potentially could have done a little bit better at. He probably didn't know what he was doing when he was there because it kind of just seemed to fashion itself out of the blue. Um, But again, I think, you know, if we hit that in and we've started the second half well, we've started strong, if we get that in and we go 2-0 up, I, uh, I start to really fancy us then. I would have done as well. Um, you could see the PSV were a wee bit rattled uh, in the first five minutes of that second half. But as you say, Tavs scored a goal kind of like it last week with the, the, the ball at the back post with a header. I just felt if he'd have went with the head, I don't know whether he's, he's been worried about getting clattered. That's maybe the, the one thing because he had a couple of players around him and the goalkeeper. That's the only thing I'm thinking that could have caused caused him not to, to connect correctly with it. Um, but if he went with the head, you never know. Um but yeah, I was kind of expecting, I was right behind it in the Copeland front. I would expect it to have to burst the net for there. Um, I was expecting a header as well, to be honest. So when he kind of just didn't put everything in there, I went, oh, but no. It was one of those ones, If we'd, as you say, if we'd have got that second goal, I'd, I could have seen his run on and, and really put PSV um, in the dirt, really, for this game. Because if that went to 2-0, I mean, you've seen Alexa Veerman losing the rag, you've seen De Jong, obviously he's, he's half-time antics and whatnot as well. They are a team that can be easily wound up. That That's the thing. I, I still think we are, we need to learn those arts and how to wind teams up a bit more on the pitch. I mean, guys like Ryan Jack were good at it the other night and then we've seen uh, Veerman again losing the rag. So, yeah, if we can channel that um, over there next week, um, it's really one to, to keep an eye on uh, with regards to the PSV discipline issues. They need to stay cool. Um, yeah. I think ultimately in terms of obviously where that sits at and listen for their sake, let's hope that they don't. Um, a, a really great save uh, by Jack Butland from the aforementioned uh, Veerman. Um, Todd Cantwell brings uh, the player down in front of him again. I think another one of those kind of tactical fouls. A great save by Butland. However, unfortunately, on the hour mark, uh, PSV do equalise. A real... Bit of quality, I thought. Simon, um, a nice wee step over at Falls for Sangheri. He, he, he finishes quite quite comfortably. Not much that we could do about it. Again, like you say, although I felt that we we started both halves mm-hmm. strongly, we we didn't capitalise. We failed to take, and then this time around, PSV did take the chance that failed to. Him. And don't get me wrong, it was well engineered and a good finish. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's a it's a, a an open shot really about 15 yards out from goal, a decent a decent finish to put away. Not much Butland that anyone else could do for it, but now we're, uh, now we're drawn. Yeah, that came at, what, 60, 65 minutes. I felt we were kind of hanging on a wee bit after that initial, that wee five-minute opening in the second half. But on the balance of play, PSV are probably, probably worthy of the goal throughout the whole game there at that point. But I could see the changes. I mean, I don't... So the manager didn't make them till well after the, the, the equaliser went in, but... 
if the changes would have came in fifty five minutes, it could have it could have galvanised us a bit more. We were screaming out for those changes to get made. Um, there was no real out ball. Matondo would, would come on and provide that as we know. But yeah, there no arguments for me about the goal. I mean, it was coming um, throughout the, the whole balance of playing the game. So Tangari, we know what he's like. He scored a goal kind of similar to that last year when the ball bounced him out of the box and he slotted it home. So he is a player we need to watch carefully. Unfortunately, he's not moved on. I mean, there's talk of him going to some of the bigger clubs in Europe. Um, unfortunately, it didn't happen for us before this tie. So... Yeah, want to keep an eye on next week as well, but on, on the balance of play, the equaliser was well-deserved at that point. And um, I want to touch on this just briefly because I know I didn't mention it at the start, and this was the reason why Simon was the... Um, I think that there were a few raised eyebrows when we saw the uh, the team sheet at the start with uh, Danilo obviously dropping yeah. to the bench. Um, we will obviously talk about his contribution in a little bit more detail. I was surprised to see Dessers continue to where he was. And I thought that the manager, and the reason as to why he did this, was because he was going to wait to the hour mark and then start to, to make changes. Yeah. And this is the second time that he's done this because he did it um, against Celtic where he dropped Cantwell and Raskin. Yeah. And Celtic went two goals in front just before he had a chance to be able to try and do that. And there's something to within this, and I'm, I'm curious to get your opinion on this. Um, as to whether or not the reason as to why he's doing this, and I don't know if he wants to wait until 60, 65 minutes to be able to try and make changes and then bring on a second wave. Now, in this particular case, it worked because of Rabi Matondo. Yeah. But what I will say is, is there a degree of fortune within that? Because I don't know why Dessers came out for the second half. I'm not going to suddenly change my opinion because of what we got with, um, obviously, the, the, the Matondo goal we're about to cover. But I just did not think he was doing well within that um, within that game up to that point. He had done really well to set up the SEMA goal. The finish was spectacular, as we've discussed. So, again, like I say, I think that there's, there's definitely credit to him in that. I just wonder if the manager's capable of being able to turn around and go, look, this has not worked. I need to bring forward my time frame. I think he needs to. There's sometimes I've felt he's he's overthinking it, um, especially the, the cup final against against Celtic. Um, he, 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 the first man to admit they got the team selection wrong that day. I don't think the teams. I mean, going in pre-match, we felt the team selection was wrong. Obviously, we've got the result. Was it a result at the end of the night on on uh, Tuesday? I would agree with you. Dessers was lucky to stay on the park as long as he did, but. I'm seeing bits and bobs from now where it's it's clear that he's going to be the big the bigger big game night player. Um whether Danilo fits in like as a two, I'm not too sure, especially in Champions League or Europa League level. Um are we going to stick with a one? I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine so um for, for games in the, the league. I, I believe that Danilo and Dessers will start most of the time. Um, and that, and especially against Celtic next week, um, both of them will play. Um, that that that's because we would really need to to lay down a statement. But going back to the other night, Dessers, yeah, it, it, it couldn't have complained if he was hauled off at half time. The goals saved him, um, rightly or wrongly. Um, setting up the goal saved him. Sorry, it, it's one that the manager can. He's the only one that can answer that because. I think he's set in his ways where he's got a set period of when subs get made, unless it's going horrifically badly if you're getting beat at half-time or whatever. Kumarnock was a case in point where changes were made far too late. 
um, as we've seen. So yeah, I think that's that's an issue that it's maybe one to take up. We have a man to take that up. I mean, ask him what, what's going on with your substitutions right enough. So yeah, it wouldn't be me asking those questions. But yeah, there's definitely cause for concern with some of the changes that he's made before and how long it's taken him. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, like you say, we need to uh, we need to think about whether or not he wants to be more dynamic in that space. And listen, I'm not going to deny about the fact that it worked. So again, it's it's why it's an interesting conversation, right? Because it can be argued in either direction um, in terms of its its usefulness. But my hope is that we get more results like we got against PSV rather than defeats like we got against Celtic. So yeah, it's definitely on there. Um, the 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 game changing sub happened in sixty six minutes, Simon, where um Rabbi Matondo comes on for Abdullah Sima, Ryan Jack goes off for uh, for John Lundstrom. Um and uh, the kind of real next moment a note that I, I think I had my proper heart and mouth thing was uh, a Todd Cantwell challenge that happened mm-hmm. just in front of me in the main stand for the Eastern Closure. Cantwell already on a booking, um is steaming in because he definitely has the energy now. Steams into a challenge. I think he's trying to get a, a block in, right? So I don't yeah. necessarily think it's a challenge on the player, but it looks like a sore one. And at this point, I thought he was walking. Same. I, I absolutely felt he was gone. I'm surprised he didn't even really get a word uh, for the ref. He just kept the ref just waved it away, just said foul. But that that's some, the way I interpreted it was it was a block. It wasn't he was going to half someone. So I'm assuming that's well, the ref. It, it's funny you say that because I, I hope I'm remembering this correct. I haven't had a chance to watch the whole game back and stuff. And as I say, there wasn't the ball wasn't in play at the time. But I actually think he voluntarily walked up to the referee. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's got up to the referee with a whole, you know, sorry about that, or you know, was it me <laughs> gov or something. Yeah, you know I mean, but I think he did walk up to him to to almost proactively have the chat, shall we say, which again, like you say, shows a good bit of kind of gamesmanship and all the rest of it and stuff as well. But the reason as to why I was terrified was because um, he was exceptional, Todd Cantwell. I mean, yes. don't get wrong. I think I, I don't think I've ever, at any stage of my life, fallen in love with a man who wears ribbons in his hair. <laughs> Todd Cantwell has changed that in me as a person uh, because of how much I just, you know, infatuate over him on a growing basis week on week. But these games, when he comes into them, he's it goes through him. He's part of the energy of that team. He can direct the tempo. He can, he can, um, you know, he can, he, he can direct the play. He can do everything within that space, and he he just doesn't stop. He's constantly motoring, but yes. just needs to just dial on that a little bit as well because he's going to be absolutely no use to if it's, he walks at that point and misses the away leg. Then you know it, it is <laughs> that's a really really tough challenge then at that point. It is. Um, for me, he was lucky to stay on the park, as we said there, but he has, he has a heart, I wouldn't say heartbeat to the side. That's the ones that have been used by plenty of people, but we've seen he should be in the team every week. The Kilmarnock game was a was a big error not to start him, and we know what happened there. So, yeah, I'm a big backer of back, putting the team around him, build the team around him. It's going to be difficult over the next couple of weeks, Um with the games he's got coming up and obviously the options are there now for the manager to try and juggle between him, Sam Lammers and whatnot, or pull Cantwell back deeper. So this will be an interesting team selection coming up on Saturday um, for Ross County. Cantwell might get rested. I I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the bench for that one. 
Um, just given because PSV's coming on the horizon in the Celtic game as well. So, yes, for some of the players, three games in a week might be a wee bit much. But can't well the flip side argument with him is he's just too vital to, to leave out. And I, I, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be. I couldn't blame Andy for having them in the starting lineup at the weekend. It's really what you see as a bigger priority, whether it's Champions League or, or keeping on the tails of, of Celtic ahead of next weekend. Yeah, 100%. And um, I don't know, because right now, as things stand, I'd, I'd build that midfield and that team around him at the moment yep. and then work it out from there. And if he's central to the majority of that in terms of what we need to do it as well, I don't want to move him and... and, and you know, really start to curtail what he's capable of doing. Rangers take the lead, Simon, um, with just about 15 minutes to go. Uh, you know, the aforementioned Todd Cantwell wins the ball in midfield. There's a great ball out to, to Cyril Dessers. And the only thing that caused more activity than the majority of Rangers fans eating a little bit of humble pie after saying that Cyril Dessers was not having a good game was the amount of emails that must have flooded into the UEFA VAR team from the East End of Glasgow. As Cyril Dessers plays what I can only really describe as one of the best defence-splitting curve cross balls on the deck to Rabi Matondo, who finishes it first time with a brilliant level of confidence. And I, I'm not, I'm, I know I like a joke and stuff, but I do not want to understate that or be facetious in any sense. The way Rabi Matondo finished that goal is like a guy who's on a 10-goal scoring streak. But the ball across from Dessers was inch perfect. He was onside. I'm sorry to any of our friends who are listening who are willing to argue that point. This isn't super scoreboard, so go somewhere else. He was onside. It was clarified. It was checked in very, very good time. Um, I felt there wasn't, you know, loads of delays and everything else as well. Because when I saw it, I was convinced he was offside. But Rangers go two one up, Simon. And again, I know we've 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 spoken a little bit about, you know, we've not uh, taken our chances and blah blah. This was another another great example of where we've carved an opportunity and we've capitalised. And you know, with fifty minutes left, we're winning two one, and I'm in dreamland at that point. It was. I mean, that that's when I felt we could maybe go on and get get another goal just to to keep us home and hose really in regards to the tie. But yeah, I mean, Matondo would he came on in that sixty fifth minute at a time, and he was he was pretty direct straight away. I mean, he got into the box, he skipped away for a few PSV players, so definitely had the had the fear running through them. The one thing I mean, Cantwell, Sifuentes plays it out to Cantwell as you say, and then Cantwell would have lovely wee dink. Drags it into the middle of the park and then the, the pass out is, is excellent as well to Dessers. And you've described how the the, the crossfield passes from in behind from, from Dessers and Matondo's finish, but seeing it from behind the goal again, it's such a brilliant pass. And it was just one of those like, agonising ones for the defender where they're just not going to get it. When you see the attacker just coming in, he's going to side for it. It was in all the way. It was great to see. And Matondo, when you actually, I was reading one of the stats guys, um, and Matondo's positioning at the start of the move from when Cantwell receives a ball from Sifuentes, Matondo is 15 yards behind that PSV defender who is obviously a clear favourite to get the ball. That's when the move starts. So he's made up 15 yards and ultimately overtook him to bury that ball. So that just shows the pace of the player. And it is, it's all about confidence. And he's got it just now. So again, is he going to start at the weekend? 
is, is Ross County away the type of game for? It's a tight pitch up there. Is he going to get room? Probably not. So, is he going to be an impact sub again up there? Is he going to be an impact sub at PSV? You can't deny the confidence is there from Matondo just now. So, you've just got to let him get on with things. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because uh, the, the the manager has kind of intimated about potential transfer changes. And David and I on Flagship on Monday mm-hmm. spoke about, does that mean a left winger? And I've seen people say about, it's slightly different with what Matondo's trying to do to Ryan Kent and what we were used to seeing. Because I think, if I'm being honest with you, I don't think Kent hits that ball first time. I think he yeah. tries to take a touch in it. I think at times Kent tried to be a little bit too clever when Matondo has got pace, which is his biggest weapon, let's be honest, right? But Livingston, PSV, Rabbi Matondo has changed the game when he's come on. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping, I'm not going to say it's a resurgence, right? Because, again, I'm not pretending that this is going to be something that, you know, is, is, is going to revise the, the, the course of history and the conversations we've had with Rabbi Matondo up to this point. Maybe it's the case that he just has taken far longer than expected or given to fit in. And now we're seeing someone who's really enjoying his football. And listen, I think, you know, as an asset, you know, he started the season really, really brightly. I think if you, I said this after Livingston, if you'd said to me, you know, Matondo, come on and, you know, he'll, he'll absolutely change. Then I would have looked to see what leg you were pulling, but he did the same thing on Tuesday night against a very, very good opponent. Um, and as you rightly say, given that freedom and been able to try and go down that wing when he was causing them major, major issues. I I don't know if he should start against Ross County. I don't know if he should start against PSV across the Eindhoven. But I know he has to play. Yep. So whether or not there's going to be an element where the manager does something similar, where he says, let's give him the, the last 30 minutes. Let's see how the game develops. But we given the last 80 minutes, I wouldn't want to be a right-back looking across at that bench no. and seeing that guy and his pace coming on. This is this is a conundrum for me because, see, out the next three games, I would say the game he's most likely to start against is the Celtic game. Um, played there last time against him at Ibrox. I would imagine he's going to be up against maybe Anthony Ralston or, or somebody else who's not going to match him. So, out of the three games, I could see him starting at Ibrox next week against Celtic. Um However, you mentioned other wingers and whatnot there. Are we going to go for that? That's it. Matondo's direct. He's like the sort of Sakala replacement in that sense. Um, Matondo even admitted the other day he came, when he first signed he was injured. Um, he hadn't had a full pre-season behind him. He had a knee injury. So it's obviously taken him a while. He had a stop-start season last year with injuries and just been out of favour. But are the club going to bring someone else in? I think probably will over the next what we got in a week or so to go a week left, roughly the window. Um, so we yeah, we'd, we'd, Matondo has got a good squad place just now. He's definitely there. I would like to see us get someone in as a as an extra option in that in that sort of Kent mode that can take a player on and 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 just links the links the play pretty well. So I would imagine Matondo will stay for definite. He'll probably start against Celtic as well. And I can see he's bringing in somebody for the, for that sort of left. Probably play across the whole the whole left or right, really, because um, we are lacking it. We've only really got Matondo and Zima just now. I think that's fair. I think again for me, what I, I would like to position it to Matondo to say the way you're playing, you're becoming undroppable. Yeah. But 
All that being said, you're going to come up against some hammer throwers domestically. You're going to pick up knocks. You're going to tire. There's no doubt around that. So therefore, we need to be able to try and make every place competitive. I think, you know, no player for me should be guaranteed a spot. But at the same stage, we set his expectations accordingly. Because I, I, what I would hate to see is that he's been able to, to, to elevate his performance to what we've seen recently. And then we start to set him back a bit if we don't manage that accordingly by then saying to him, look, you know, we need to bring someone else in. Right now you're in the driver's seat. It's your job to stay there. And whoever I bring in and whoever puts, you know, in the effort to be able to try and overtake you mm-hmm. and take that shirt off you, then, you know, that's because it's going to be between the two of you to be able to try and prove that to me. So, yeah, very, very interesting to see what will happen next with Rabi Matondo. PSV finished 2 all, Simon. Uh, I thought it was a great header um, from yeah. uh, Dijon, but as it turns out, slight bit of fortune, comes off his shoulder, goes into the top left-hand side of Jack Butland's uh, goal, um, I can hear the David Edgar uh, screaming, this is why you have a man in the post. You know, shy of having someone who is like Andre the Giant size in there, I still don't think that that guy's heading it out of that corner. But um, very fortunate, I think, for PSV. I think that the, I think that PSV came, and I'm not suggesting for a minute that they thought it was going to be easy. I don't mean it like that. But I think they probably would have came with confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think they left realising now they've got a battle in their hands next week. Yeah, they, they definitely have. That, that's the one thing that, that PSV know they're in. They, they definitely know they're in a battle. Um, it's been, what, five five years now since they've been in the group stage of the, the Champions League. I mentioned this earlier. Like, so the pressure's on them as well. Next week in front of their own fans. It's been a while since they've been there at that stage of the Champions League. So, yeah, can lighten the strike, what, third time over there now? I think we beat them 1-0 last year. We beat them 1-0 in the 1999 when Albert scored, so yeah, this is it's all set up for a a, a shootout basically, uh, winner take all um, PSV will be a wee bit wary now I, I, was, I would have agreed with you, during that game they were they were starting to get a wee bit cocky especially that first half, just before the goal, I felt they they, they felt it was just to turn up, grab a 1 or 2 nil, and they, they were home and hosed, but no, it's um, very much game on next week. PSV will know they're in the battle. And, well, if we can just get in their faces and stay in the game for as long as we can, same same as last year, basically, um, even though we did have our moments as well, the Tom Lawrence chance last year, they came off the bar before Cholak scored. So, yeah, I'm really optimistic about next week now. Um, mo- far more optimistic than I was seven, eight days ago um, before the, the last couple of rounds of games that were played. So, yeah, I think, I mean, one result can change everything. <laughs> Just a whole mood in, in the city, as you say, and obviously the, the League Cup game at the weekend with, with beating Morton and then 24 hours later what happened there. That's seen an upturn in mood. Um, and that's, that's just the way it is. That's the way it always has been in Glasgow. So, yeah, the performance against PSV, lots to be encouraged about. Let's just hope we can build on it. That, that's that's the main takeaway for the game. Yeah, for sure. And now it's uh, it's a trip up to Dingwall on uh, on Saturday. Uh, not a, I, I don't really like get up to Dingwall. I don't like the, the pitch. I think it's no. tight. I think that Ross County play to their, their strengths. I, I just I'm, I'm not a fan of it, right? I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, I don't think it's an easy game. I know that we've obviously looked at our league form and uh, the fallout of the, the loss to Kilmarnock. There's a little bit of a, a, an opportunity, however, though, 
Simon, because as you've just mentioned, we've seen a Celtic team that can be got at. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like us to be able to try and do a little bit of scoreboard pressure. But what I would also remind some of these guys is, you know, even for the new signings that have come in, you know, a few of you get a goal, a couple of goals under your belts. Go out there with some confidence. I, I think that we will certainly for sure have one eye um, on next week. So that's yeah. uh, uh, midweek next week. So I think that's totally fine. But at the same point, I don't fear us being able to go up there. We have had in the last couple of years some tight games up there, but we've also had some comfortable wins up there as well. So for me, I think it's really important for us to be able to try and just go with some belief, with some real confidence. Um, and I'd like us, if we can, if possible, just to make it easier than we have yeah. to. Yeah, get the job done, hopefully before half-time and, and bring the changes. Um, that That's ideal ahead of PSV. Likely, who did that happening? Probably not. We know we do like a, a slog. So, yeah, I would I could suggest there will probably be a few changes uh, in the team lineup as well. Um, you might see the likes of Danilo start. In fact, he probably will start. Uh, you've got the argument for Matondo. You've got an argument for Lammers as well. You've got an argument for... For Goldson getting a wee rest again, um, he's got to be managed uh, but, uh, pretty carefully. Goldson, you get Ben Davis back fit now. I don't know what's going to happen with him over the next couple of days if he's still on his way out or what. But yeah, I could maybe see a change at centre half um, with, with Davies or, or Balogun coming in uh, to partner Suter for this one because I'd rather have Connor Goldson fit and firing. I know that even between training sessions, he's not been training a lot. Um, I think he's only had three or four training sessions since returning to that Kilmarnock game so he's got to be managed carefully he's still coming back to peak fitness but he's definitely getting there he was our man in the match the other night on the, the car pod as you said so it's one to, to manage carefully I don't want him risking any knocks especially up there that tight park and playing against uh, is it Jordan White plays up front for them so he'll be battering about and like a battering ram so yeah um, changes to be made I would imagine um, I could maybe see Lundstrom starting the game um, for for Ryan Jack, who'll be who'll be saved again for midweek. I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that if I think you know if John Lundstrom um, enjoys a goal against Ross County. Um, he got us uh, the win up there the last time. I think what's going to be interesting with it will be whether or not he wants to start strongly and then look to rest, or yeah. whether or not he just wants to be able to try and put out a team that potentially he can strengthen with substitutes. Going forward, I, I mean, again, I think that you know a number of us have been mentioned were shocked that Daniel didn't start against PSV. I I wouldn't necessarily have him uh, have a problem with him not starting against Ross County, because as you rightly say, we look towards PSV away and then we look towards Celtic at home. There's games in there that I would definitely want him in. I don't need some dingwall hammer thrower going through the back of him or whatever and then cause him a problem. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's definitely going to have to be, I think, some interesting changes in the, as a result of that as well. Um, that will do us for this week's Extra, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, David, we'll be back with you in flagship on Monday as we unpack the Ross County game and look forward to PSV. I'll be back with Extra next Friday. It's a little bit of a change of day. The reason being is because, obviously, next Thursday, as I'm sure my um, my, my guest today will be more than excited about, is uh, the end of the transfer window. Um, and we'll also have the Celtic press conference um, before we then come on to you with extra. So that'll be on Friday next week rather than Thursday. We will try and get it out for you as soon as we possibly can just to make sure that you've got enough time to enjoy that as the battle fever starts to build up. 
Simon, I, I had a wee tinge of it earlier on because, as I usually do, if you're like me, you, look, you don't really look at the dates, you just look at who your next game is, when that game is, etc. And then you think to yourself, oh yeah, this time, <laughs> this time next week we'll be getting ready to play Celtic. And then you get that wee... Well, I might just stick some YouTube highlights on for a little bit. And all that's going to do now is just build up over the course of the next week. That is. And then you've got the, the feeling of, oh, should I go out after games? Should I know it? So, result depending. Oh, it could be a messy one after it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out afterwards. <laughs> like, I admire your confidence. Folks, if you've enjoyed listening to Simon and I and you'd love to be able to hear some more of our great Rangers content, please feel free to jump onto our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand you get loads of shows on there and depending on your uh, membership tier um you can get as much as you want and it will absolutely fill your boots and trust me it is an absolute bargain last thing well second last thing for me to do uh before i thank my respective uh, producers and guests um is just to remind you all that our tickets for our new edmondson house live show round two have uh, now went on general sale. If you go onto the Edmondson House website, you'll be able to get into what's on. The ticket sites will be on there. We are pretty much sold out. Um, the show is on the 1st of December, which is a Friday. The last show, and I'm, unfortunately I can't talk to Simon about this because he was too drunk to remember it, <laughs> but um, the feedback was absolutely excellent and seemed to go well because they've asked us back for another. So we are there on the 1st of December. Um, please come along, please join us. Um, it's a great laugh and, and we love seeing you all. We've brought a brilliant community on our Patreon site and getting to see everybody in the flesh is just absolutely fantastic. We absolutely love doing these things as well. So as I say, if you fancy that, that could be the run-up to your Christmas nights out um, as we get into silly season. Uh, so if you fancy joining us, please uh, head on over there and check them out before they're all gone. Thank you to the executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Paul Myers. And most importantly, thank you very much to my guest for this week, Mr. Simon Hallard. And Simon, um, you're a, a good friend, a great guest as always. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I've taken some confidence off you for the Celtic game next week. Indeed, that's all we can take. Indeed. So thanks for having me on again. Cheers. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a brilliant weekend. Enjoy it. Hopefully three points at Dingwall to kick off your Saturdays properly. And we'll be back with you on Monday. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.